I, I heard a, I like to tell jokes, but I heard this story of uh, at the supermarket, there was this long line of people waiting to get in. And uh, this young man come walking up to the door and, and, a, and a lady took her purse and beat him back. And uh, so in a few minutes he came back up and a, a man took his cane and was beating him away. And, and the guy says, please, please, if you don't let me in, I'll never open the store. <laughs> so, uh, uh, little humor, little humor. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, one of the things uh, we need to keep reminding ourselves of is, um, as a doctor from New York City spoke yesterday, or last evening, he said we can, we can basically defeat this virus if we wash our hands, <laughs> because it is more of a contact virus than it is a aerial uh, virus. And that generally it comes by contact, meaning that someone who has it touches a surface or you touch their hand or whatever, or, and then you touch, or you touch the surface that that contaminated person has touched, and then you touch your eyes, your nose, or your mouth, and that's your incubator. So please take note of how often you touch your face and your eyes and your mouth and stop it. <laughs> you know. You ever tell your kids to do that? Stop it. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. Well, wash your hands and stop touching your eyes and your nose and your mouth. So that's our safety <laughs> um, message for us today to stay away from the virus. This morning's message, the title is Jesus Slept. Jesus Slept. Not Jesus Wept, <laughs> but Jesus Slept. Now, Sleep, Jesus, <laughs> doesn't seem that um, a very good topic for a, a nation and a world in a crisis that, there I am touching my nose, uh, <laughs> it's itchy. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't seem like that's much of a title to get individuals' attention to the idea that Jesus is with us. But um, we will discover even in his apparent silence, we will discover that he is still there and he is still in charge. So let's turn to Luke chapter 8 and verse 22, and we'll begin this story and this setting for, for Jesus and the occasion in which we find him sleeping. In Luke chapter 8, verse 22, one day, Jesus and his followers got into a boat, okay? So, we, if you read the chapter, you find that it's been kind of a long day for Jesus. There have been a number of activities of the day. And he was getting in the boat to go across the, uh, go across the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Ga Galilee... What's wrong today? <laughs> Maybe I need more coffee. <laughs> Maybe I had too much coffee. The Sea of Galilee is not that large. I mean, it's not that far across. Uh, it is large, larger than you would think. But, you know, when I thought of the Sea of Galilee, you know, you generally think of standing on the seashore and you look out across like Lake Erie or something and you can't see the other side. But the Sea of Galilee, you can see the other side. It is far, but it's not that far. 
And Jesus gets his followers and he asks them to get in the boat and they are going to cross over to the other side. So he said to them, come with me across the lake. Well, again, we have the invitation of Jesus to get in the boat. That seems like a very safe thing to do. Um, he's asking us and asking them at the time to get in the boat, you know, following God's will. You know, we think, I think of it in the context that we want to follow the will of God in our life. And we want to do the right things for the right reasons. And so we're trying to follow Christ and his example. So they were following the example of Jesus and following the direction of Jesus. And we find that when we think that we're doing this, that that's a pretty safe statement. And Jesus says, come with me. Come with me. Now that's, again, <laughs> if Jesus is standing here and he's saying, David, come with me, I'm going. You know? We're, you know, there's no hesitation. We're going. But never would we think that we're going to be walking with God if we should ever run into trials or problems. Well... <laughs> Come with me. And so they started across in verse 23. And while they were sailing, Jesus slept. Well, it gives us an indication that Jesus is human. He was tired. He was exhausted from the journey and he was exhausted from his mission and his um, um, proclaiming the good news to the people and all the things that were going on. And at the beginning of the chapter, you have uh, a list of three or four ladies who are in the group, along with numerous other ladies and plus uh, other individuals, plus the 12. So it's kind of a large group of in individuals that have been following Jesus around that day, and he's been teaching and doing miracles. And so he gets in the boat, and he's tired, and he falls asleep. A big storm blew across the lake. Okay? Well... This also is very common. The winds, the storms come across the Mediterranean Sea, and there's, you know, you, you have this Mediterranean Sea, it's quite large, and it comes on, uh, on the shore and comes right up to the mountains, and the mountains around the Sea of Galilee are the f kind of the first mountains that there is any resistance to. Uh, for these winds. But if you're looking at the Sea of Galilee, it's kind of like a horseshoe shaped um, around the sea. And these mountains are quite high, not, not like the Rockies, but they're, they're high. But there is a one valley at the, at the far end, if you're uh, <laughs> we're looking at the far end of uh, the Sea of Galilee, be the, the northern end of, of the sea. There, uh, north eastern part of the sea, there's a valley there in which the winds come from the Mediterranean Sea and they hit against this mountain and they kind of all funnel through almost like a um, wind tunnel. They come right through this valley right out onto the Sea of Galilee. And so this was very common for these storms to come. And um, this great storm then came suddenly out of nowhere. It isn't like there was a storm brewing and Jesus says, let's get in the boat. There was no indication that a storm was coming. Hmm. Sea was calm. Jesus is sleeping. But things rapidly change. And the boat began to fill with water. One translation has it, they were swamped. 
They were in danger. So this storm comes, and the waves that pick up on this uh, on the sea are large enough to go over the bow of the boat. And the boat itself is becoming filled with water. And here are these experienced men unable to keep this boat afloat. How anxious do we become when we seemingly are walking with God and the peace of the day, and suddenly there is a change in the climate. We find that with this virus, things have kind of blown out of nowhere upon our calm sea. Verse 24 says, The followers, they, they went to Jesus and awoke him. They said, Master, Master, we will drown. <laughs> they are in great danger. They are, you know, when they go and say, they, I was, you know, when you read, you're reading through the, the text and things, sometimes we're saying, you know, uh, Master, Master, you know, trying a little nudge. No. These guys are terrified. This storm has come. The winds are high. The waves are over, you know, coming over the bow of the boat and over the sides of the boat and it's they're getting swamped and they're going to drown and Jesus is sleeping and they're over there, master master trying to you know shake him awake hmm. well they didn't have any life vests <laughs> that's probably what it was there was no radio to call mayday mayday uh, their mayday was master master so, one of the questions I had, they said, we will drown. Now, did that we include Jesus? <laughs> or was that we about them? We're going to drown. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> uh, and, you know, of course, we don't know how, the, how it happened. But we do know later on, whenever we get to the part where Jesus is, um, calms the storm and, he, and, and they stand in amazement, they, they don't start off by saying, thank you, Jesus, for saving our life. They stand in amazement as, what kind of a man is this? So, for, for me, I look at that as kind of an indication that they were concerned about what I, how are we going to get out of this and what's he going to do about it? Well, for us here and now, things are bad. You know? These are, this virus is something that we've never faced. It's impacting our lives. It is an enemy that has come from nowhere, and you can't see it. And it's blowing us into uncharted waters. And there are many people who feel like their lives and their livelihoods are being swamped. They're going to go under with this Distancing, social distancing, staying at home, not going out and being with other people and restaurants and other places that depend on customers to come in and purchase things. The virus has impacted our lives and, and, and we've become secluded. And I think in our own lives, we've been asking Jesus to lead us. I mean, when I first came into the ministry or felt that I was called to the ministry to be a pastor, you know, it was, I've always 
even as a child, I was raised in the church and always wanting to know what is God's will and asking God to lead us. And, you know, as a pastor, wanting to be led by the Holy Spirit and led by God to say and do the right things. And, of course, <laughs> I'm not perfect in that. But um, we believe that Jesus has requested us and we believe that we are following God and he has requested that we get in the boat with him that this is a life that God has planned for us. This is, this is where we're supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to be doing, doing what God has placed in our hands and to do it well. In Luke chapter 8, the disciples awaken Jesus. Well, he's sleeping. And it's as if he's not aware. And I, I wonder sometimes in our society and even as Christians and believers, we wonder if God is listening and is he paying attention? Does he need reminded of how bad this situation is? So is Jesus aware of our problem? Is he aware of the needs that I have in my own life and in my family? And of course the answer is yes. But the other question is, what is he trying to teach me? You know, what is he trying, you know, there are a lot of people who, what, if, what is God trying to teach the world? What is he trying to convey to the world about how fragile we are and how that, you know, in just a moment, in just a little over three weeks, the whole world can be changed? Well, our prayers have been, and we continue to pray, God be with us, be with the individuals who are sick. Be with the doctors and nurses and staff in the hospitals, those who are the first responders. Be with them and sustain them and keep them safe. Be with the scientists that are looking for cures and for vaccines. Be with them and guide their thoughts. We've all prayed these things, and yet it doesn't seem to be happening quick enough, fast enough, so that we can get our need, you know, we want it now. And, of course, uh, they talk about how that we've done more in eight days than other nations did in eight weeks. But it's still not quick enough. So here's the question to the disciples and to us and to each of us. What is Jesus teaching us as he is asleep? We know he's not asleep, but as he is asleep in the boat, that was their, that was their what they saw. And as we look at the things around us and at our nation and ourselves, what are we seeing? And in some ways, we see that as if Jesus is not there, that he's asleep. <laughs> well, when uh, Dallas Willard, he is a Christian philosopher, he was asked a, a question that could he use one word to describe Jesus? What word would it be to describe Jesus? And uh, Dallas Willard, his word was relaxed. <laughs> relaxed. Isn't that the perfect word? Relaxed. Jesus is sleeping in the boat in the midst of this terrible storm in which it's going to be flooded and swamped and sunk. <laughs> He's sleeping. He's relaxed. Today, now, in a world reacting to this COVID-19, what word would describe Jesus now? 
relaxed. Well, we'd be like the disciples, relaxed. <laughs> what are you doing being relaxed? You need to be awakened. You need to be uh, here, aware of all the different things that are going up. Wake Jesus up. Get him on, on board here with the rest of us. <laughs> but you see, the word relaxed means to be trusting. And it also is for us to know that God is with us. Knowing, that, knowing what we are to do in the time of storm, in the time of our trials, that the scripture says, be anxious for nothing, but with prayer, ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks. For you see, the problem is not about us, and the problem is not about the virus, the answer is in Christ and in giving thanks and having faith to believe that God is able to do what we can't do on our own. In Luke chapter 8, prior to this story of Jesus asking the disciples to get in the boat, he talks about the seed and the farmer. A farmer went out to sow seed. <clears throat> Some of the seed fell on the path. It was trampled and the birds came along and ate it. Some of the seed fell on rocks. It grew up, but it was a very shallow soil and it died for lack of moisture. Some of the seed fell among the thorns and grew up with the thorns. And as they both grow together, the thorns choked out the seed. And the other seed fell on good ground, good soil, and grew up and yielded a crop 100 times more than was sown. So, in verse 9 of Luke chapter 8, Jesus follows, ask him, what does the story mean? And it's very interesting. Verse 10 says, you have been chosen to know the secret truths about God's kingdom. That's what Jesus tells the disciples. You have been chosen to know the secret truths about God's kingdom. Now, it isn't that we have some special insight that no one else has, but we, that we as believers in Jesus Christ have an understanding of our life and about our perspective that life is eternal. And life has difficulties and problems and we have sicknesses and we have illness and we have people who die for seemingly no reasons and accidents and, you know, diseases. And, but yet, we still have faith and we still have an understanding. And so Jesus says, you've been chosen to know the secret truths about God's kingdom. Now, he says, I use these stories to speak to other people, but I do this so that they will look, but they will not see. They listen, but they, do really, they really don't understand. See, the secret to our insight is that we know that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Lamb of God. He is the one who died for our sins and rose from the dead. That this insight that we have, this secret truth, is a secret only to those who won't open their eyes or listen to the truth about Jesus Christ. They don't understand. 
<laughs> you, you think, I, I think of the world and as people who are away from God or don't want to see God in their life. And they look at life through greed and jealousy, through power and hatred and envy, lies, betrayal, getting ahead by stepping on. They have no sense of what we'd call just right and wrong. But the story that we have with this seed, Jesus explains it that the seed, in verse 11, the seed is God's teaching, God's word, God's, the scripture. <coughs> Excuse me. And verse 12 says, some people are like the seed. Some people are like the seed that fell on the path. They hear God's teaching, but then the devil comes along and causes them to stop thinking about it. This keeps them from believing and being saved. Verse 13, some people are like the seed that fell on the rock, the rocky soil. They are like people who hear God's teaching and they gladly accept it, but they don't have deep roots. They believe for a while, but you know, when the troubles come, they turn away from God. Verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorny weeds, that is like people who hear God's teaching, but they let worries, riches, pleasures of this life stop them from growing. So they never really produce a crop. And the seed that fell on the good ground is like the people who hear God's teaching with a good, honest, noble heart, and they obey it and patiently. They persevere. They patiently persevere through to grow a good crop. And the good crop produces a hundred times over what was put in there. So... The secret thing that Jesus speaks of, you have been chosen to know the secret truths of God's kingdom. Always remember that there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. That's in this chapter. There is nothing concealed that will not be brought into the open. So consider carefully how you listen. And I was thinking of that, how you listen. What is it that we listen to? What critics... <laughs> Who is assessing and filling our mind with the truths of the virus or of our life or, you know, <laughs> foolish words in our mind that maybe someone has spoken over us that you're never going to make it. You can never do that. You're not that good. Those foolish statements that people make. Who, be careful how you listen. <laughs> well... On the boat, what were the disciples listening to? They were listening to the words. <laughs> no, they were listening to the wind, excuse me. They were listening to the crashing of the waves. They were feeling <laughs> this water being drenched over them. And they forgot the teachings of the teacher who is relaxed in the back of the boat. What did the disciples learn about themselves? 
when Jesus is sleeping and their boat is about to sink. What are we learning about Jesus? What are we learning about ourselves in our own crises? So, Luke 24, back to the boat. The followers, they, went to Jesus and woke him, and they said, Master, Master, we will drown. (laughs) Jesus got up. He gave the command to the wind and the waves, peace be still, cause and effect. (laughs) The cause of the wind and the effect the wind had on the waves, Jesus spoke to the cause and the effect. And in our life, what is the cause of our fear and what is the cause of our anxiety and what are the effects of it? You know, it is is a challenge for us to superimpose the word of God and the love of God and the forgiveness of God and to allow that to relaxed (laughs) presence of the Holy Spirit to cause and effect, to speak peace to the wind and the waves. (laughs) And he said to his followers, Where is your faith? Where has the seed that I've been speaking into your life, the seed of my word, where has it fallen? Is it on the path? And the birds picked it up? Is it on the rocky soil? Is it in the thorns? Is it in the good ground? Where is your faith? So we, we, it isn't that Jesus is telling them, you guys don't have any faith. You, you should be just thrown overboard. Because we have questions and because we have doubts and because we have fears, don't jump out of the boat. <laughs> Jesus is still in the boat. Don't, don't capsize the boat because you know, I've got to get out of this place. Just look at where is our faith. <laughs> where is our faith? And our faith is in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is here with us. So the challenge is allowing the presence of God who is with us to come into us and to help us in our crises. So where is your faith? That isn't a derogatory statement. It is a challenge. It was a challenge to the heart of these disciples, that they would be able to assess where they were at. When the storm was calmed, the disciples were afraid. But it is a different fear than they had a few moments earlier. The fear they had a few moments earlier was they had a fear that they were drowning. Now they were afraid and they were amazed because what kind of a man is this? He commands the winds and the waters and they obey him. (laughs) What kind of a man is this? They were afraid of the person that they'd been following that he had such power to calm the storms. Oh, This is the God that we serve. This is the presence of Jesus Christ in our own life. It is the the virtue of God that flows from God to your life that when we pray and we feel that we sense that God has touched us, that's that virtue. And Jesus, he's not 
condemning us or throwing us out of the boat. He simply asks, where has my word fallen upon your life? So, you see, because we may be a path or we may be rocky or doesn't mean that we can't change. You see, we have the ability to allow the seed to find its way into our heart. What kind of a man is this? So, what is the one word that describes Jesus? It's relaxed. So Jesus tells us, relax. Now, it doesn't mean we just sit in an easy chair and, you know, life will be what it'll be. No. Relax means that we pursue, we go after life within the confines of the government and what we've said. But it's still, we, have, we can be relaxed and make phone calls to comfort those who are alone. That we can be the, the messenger of Christ to find toilet paper and take to people who don't have it. <laughs> we can be the messenger of God to just bring comfort to people who are hurting. So you see, being relaxed doesn't mean we are unaware. Jesus was completely aware of what was going to transpire in that boat. He knew exactly what he was doing by asking the disciples to get in the boat and cross the sea at that moment. He knew what was happening, and he brought the disciples to that place where they would learn and be able to see what their faith was and to understand that the faith that they have in Jesus is something greater than at their time they were thinking him to be a Messiah, that Jesus is someone greater than just a teacher. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. And our faith in Jesus Christ is more and is more important and is greater than we have ever imagined. And in this crisis of life, in this crisis of a world, we find that there is hope and there is patience and there is peace and there is wisdom and there is guidance and there is healing and there is help and we are to pray for those things for ourselves and for our our community for our nation and for our world because we're all connected this all seemingly started in china what was your connection with china seemingly very little but we have been influenced by this virus that has come so your prayers can have an effect upon those around the world. So, do not allow our fears to overtake us. Perfect love of God displaces and casts out our fears. But, and being relaxed doesn't mean we're sitting in an easy chair doing nothing. We come to a place where we no longer fear the unknown of life because we sail with the one who knows all of life. God would have us trusting. He would have us resting in his will that we pray earnestly 
for those who are ill and pray earnestly for our doctors and staffs and first responders in our hospitals. We pray earnestly for our scientists and for those who are ill. We pray for them and pray that God would be with them. But James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And do you know what the next verse says? The next part of that verse says, cleanse your hands. <laughs> Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands. (laughs) Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Cleanse your hands. I thought that was kind of ironic. And God would say to us, and this is only my fourth conclusion, so I'll finish with this. (laughs) God would say to us, I have amazing plans for you. Uh, And Jesus is saying, I need you to learn to trust me completely with each step of faith that you take. Even if you're in the boat, Jesus would say, even if you're in the boat with me, don't be afraid of being swamped. No matter the storm, no matter the virus, no matter the economy, God would say, relax, I got this. I can take care of you. I'll never leave you. I'll never abandon you. Be fervent in your prayer. Be steadfast in your hope. Be strong in your faith. And allow his love to flow through you in a way that people will sense the virtue of God flowing from God to them as you touch their life and pray for them. Jesus, we thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you for your word that teaches us and gives us strength for each day. We thank you for your love, O God, that heals our hearts and takes care of our wounds. We pray, Lord, for our scientists. We pray, Lord, for our doctors and nurses and staff. We pray, Lord, for our first responders. We pray for those who are in harm's way. We pray that, Lord, you would help them and comfort them, give them strength and keep them safe, O Lord for our missionaries that serve you in places we would never dream of going. I pray, Lord, you keep them safe. Help them out. And Lord, at this very moment, you are with us where we are. And our boat is not being capsized. You just simply come to us, say, it's okay, I'm with you and I'll never leave you. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you again.